Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Downtown Kansas City, Missouri. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. It is 39 degrees and raining here in Kansas City, but it's not raining on anybody's parade getting ready for the Big 12 Conference basketball tournament tonight for the Texas Longhorns. Of course, the tournament uh, began last night. With the uh, seven versus ten and eight versus nine uh, play-in games, if you will, and uh, we'll we'll discuss those and the matchup that the Longhorns have with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Texas women are here in town. They have a, a workout today. There, the seven versus ten and eight versus nine play-in games on the women's side take place uh, this evening. And the Longhorns await the winner of the 8-9 matchup between Kansas State and Texas Tech to see who they'll play tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. Jeff Howe will be along in just a few minutes. Meanwhile, we uh, move on from here in Kansas City, and we're going to hear from Vic Schaefer here in a few minutes. We'll hear from Rodney Terry. We'll hear from Tyrese Hunter uh, coming up. Our producer uh, back at the ARN compound is Cameron Parker, who uh, just let me know what we're going to we're going to hear from some Longhorn football players as well? Correct? Yeah, Jalen Ford, Christian Jones spoke uh, both spoke to the media yesterday and some one on one availability. So we're here from them, Coach Schaefer, and uh, Rodney Terry, and as you mentioned, Tyrese Hunter. So it should be a good show. Yep, got a lot to get to uh, on the program. We do have inconceivable, and uh, thanks to uh, my. Uh, my lovely wife, uh, Linda, she sent me a story that is just perfect for inconceivable. And uh, that was despite the fact that she, like me, is uh, fighting through some congestion. Her allergies have been really bad. And this morning she said to me, I feel a little bit better. I'm not drowning in snot. And I said, hey, hey, drowning in snot is the name of a band that's playing at South by Southwest, I think. You know, come, come to think of it now. A rapper, and, actually, I believe. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So uh, so uh, get ready for that. But anyway, um, so we'll have Inconceivable coming up 
And like I said, of course, uh, Jeff Howe will be along in a few minutes. We'll have our Longhorn Notebook at the bottom of the hour. So we've got a lot of things you can weigh in, certainly with uh, your thoughts, your questions, your opinions on the Specs tax line at 337-3776-512-337-3776. Just to bring you up to speed, of course, here in Kansas City, uh, by the way, uh, I mentioned that it is uh, 39 degrees and and raining. And uh, so that's... Uh, that's markedly different than how it is there in Austin, Texas, USA, right, Cam? And isn't, isn't it rather rather decent down there today? Uh, it's a little foggy. It's about mid-60s right now. The sun's trying to peak out. Um, it isn't as Good. bad as it is up there in KC, but it's it's, uh, it's a little jerry outside. Yeah, and, and we're kind of used to that when we come up for the Big 12 tournament because there's some things that, uh, that, that are, you know, you can take to the bank. One – that this town does an excellent job of embracing the Big 12 Conference basketball championships. They, uh, you know, always say they wrap their arms around the tournament. It's uh, you, when you open up a, a copy of the Kansas City Star, not only is the uh, front page of the sports section dedicated to these two college basketball tournaments, the front page of the entire newspaper is when they get it going up here at the KC Star, uh, and uh, and it's. It, it is a rite of spring. It does remind me a bit of when I, when I grew up in North Carolina, what the ACC tournament uh, meant to Greensboro growing up in my hometown, what, what it was like uh, there. And, and the ACC tournament is back in Greensboro uh, this year. They've Obviously, they've been rotating it uh, around uh, there in, in the uh, ACC, but and uh, I, I did I did like the fact that uh, Greensboro calls itself Tournament Town because that's where they've had more ACC tournaments there than any other city uh, in uh, in the, since the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference was started in the 1950s. But this is Tournament Town when it comes to the Big 12 and the Midwest. And they played it in in Dallas a couple of times. It was nice at the American Airlines Center, and it sold out. Um, it it did, and they played it in Oklahoma City. A couple of times, including when Kevin Durant played, and and he launched uh, right at the buzzer about a 30, 35 footer that had it gone in, Texas would have won its first Big 12 tournament title back then. It, it went off the front iron, uh, and they ended up losing in overtime to Kansas the year that uh, Kevin was playing. That's when he was named the outstanding player of the tournament on a losing team, which doesn't happen often. He had that uh, incredible effort in the second half when they were down. Uh, 20 points to Baylor with 17 minutes to go and and brought them back. And then they won their semifinal game and then lost to Kansas in the final. But um, they, you know, Oklahoma City did a good job with the tournament. Dallas did a good job with the tournament. But this really is kind of where the tournament should be uh, for the Big 12 Conference. It is, it is run, put on, uh, and administered uh, as well as any of those other buildings and the vibe of the tournament, the atmosphere that permeates the city uh, surpasses those other communities. In Dallas, it was good. It was a sellout, and I, I liked it being local, that's for sure. Uh, they had it there in 02 and 04. But uh, the rest of the town was kind of like, yeah, okay, well, the Mavericks are playing, and uh, they're on the road, and uh, the Cowboys got some off-season stuff going, and the Rangers are in spring training. In other words, we're, it, being a pro sports town, there were certainly enough – to uh, keep the Metroplex occupied. Uh, but in this town, uh, and of course they're they're riding the high of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl as well. The Royals are off at spring training right now. They have no NBA team. They have no NHL team. So uh, this is this is big time. Plus, 
you know, the college basketball traditions, not only of Kansas. When the Big 12 began, Missouri, of course, with a uh, with a long and uh, storied basketball tradition, uh, Kansas State as well with multiple Final Four appearances. So you had that working for them as well. So uh, the the men's tournament, of course, takes place uh, at uh, at the T-Mobile Center, uh, beautiful downtown arena. It's in the Power and Light District uh, here, which is um, you know the entertainment and and uh, dining area around right in the middle of downtown uh, Kansas City. And, and it's about more than just uh, the uh, basketball tournament itself. That power and light district, uh, they get big gatherings of fans like during World Cup soccer events and uh, obviously during the Super Bowl and some other things as well. So you have that a few blocks up the street from it here in downtown is a Municipal Auditorium. And this is the old building uh, that uh, I mentioned yesterday on the program has actually hosted more NCAA men's Final Fours than any other single venue, any other single building in tournament history. That will eventually be surpassed because it'll never host another one of those again. It's a 10,000-seat building, but it's a neat old historical building, and that is where the women's basketball tournament is being played for the last time. Uh, The reason for that is next year, which will be, of course, the last year that the Longhorns are in the Big 12 Conference, they uh, have uh, they're going to move the women's tournament forward by a week, like they're doing in the SEC and the ACC. They play that in the Pac-12. They lead uh, those tournaments are played a week before the men, and so they'll play that at the T-Mobile Center, and that'll be the last year that Texas is in the Big 12 before moving on to the SEC. But I guess it's a good run-up, really getting used to the calendar being a week earlier for the women. All right, speaking of women's basketball. And this happened just a few moments ago. I, and in fact, I came racing back upstairs to uh, my uh, combination room and broadcast studio, if you will, to uh, get ready for this. But I went down and grabbed a uh, a uh, conversation with Vic Schaefer. Of course, Vic visits with us quite often on Thursdays, uh, this being a Thursday. But uh, he's got to get a team ready to go. They're going over to practice and uh, they get about 40 minutes on the floor inside the Municipal Auditorium today, uh, but they have a practice at a nearby college, so they're going to do that. They have team meetings and things like that. But uh, I was able to grab a few minutes. With I go downstairs, and I knew what time the team was having breakfast. So I go down to the breakfast room, and, uh, you know, I went in and saw him, and he's, hey, hey, uh, hey what's up? And I said, listen, uh, you got a minute for me to do a thing? He goes, yeah, let's do it right now. He was in the middle of a bowl of cereal. So I was like, dude, you, you could finish your breakfast. We'll be, we'll be, no, 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 let's go do this now. So we went and did that, and he put down a spoon, and then we stepped outside of uh, the team meal room to go in and have a conversation. This was just a few moments ago with uh, Texas women's head coach Vic Shaver. So 38 years of coaching, uh, postseason conference tournaments are a routine, but do they ever get old for you? Oh, no, I'm – you know, you get an opportunity during the course of the season to win a championship in about five, six different events, and this is just another opportunity to to um, play in an event, whether it's a preseason tournament or in-season championship, postseason tournament. You know, in the your conference championship or in a postseason in the NCAA. So you uh, you take advantage of it, you you embrace it, and um, I'm excited to see our team. You know, we. 
we still have we can still get way better than we are and i think we're starting to play a little better so then just to be clear about this you're not one of those coaches who when it comes to conference tournaments eh we get a win or two, we're okay. We need rest. We need to get get ready for the big dance, that sort of stuff. You're believing if you're here, you're in it to win it? Absolutely. I think, again, it's an opportunity to win a championship. And uh, if we're keeping score, uh, I'm pretty sure CDC wants us to win. And uh, Coach Schaefer does too. So, again, I, I just think it's an opportunity. Uh, you know, we can rest in April. Uh, right now, man, this is, this is why you play all year long to get to this point. And uh, you have the opportunity now. Let's 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 see if we can go win another championship. Are you uh, looking at this thing, or, or do you get a different vibe, given the fact that your group, having won the regular season title, might be in the role of being more the hunted than the hunter as you were a year ago when you came up here and won it? Yeah, I mean, it just goes with having the number one by your name, you know, as far as seating goes. But my job is to try to keep us hungry and humble. You know, I, I think. We've got to keep that mentality of, of, of hunting. We're hunting a championship this week. Uh, you know, uh, we have a, we had a saying this week that I gave them, W-I-N, win, what's important now? And, um, you know, just trying to get them to really focus on that, what's important now, limiting distractions. Whatever you got that's a distraction, that's a mission killer. Our mission this week is to win a championship. So you got to get rid of whatever that mission killer is, whatever that distraction is, and and try to focus on it's three days. Hey, you'd much rather play a game than practice. So if that's the case, then just keep winning. How do you balance out now a day like today before you play and you're waiting on the winner of the 8-9 game, K-State Tech, both for your team and for your staff in terms of the prep? Well, we'll have – Again, a real fundamental practice today. Uh, we've been going through stuff on both teams for a couple of days now, and um, you know we'll have another opportunity today to kind of cover all that defensively and then offensively, just trying to stay sharp and and do what we do. And, um, and you know we'll we'll all pay attention tonight, watch the game, and then we'll have a, a good film session tonight. A little more focus on one team rather than both of them. Um, you know we'll have study hall today. They got breakfast this morning, study hall. We'll go practice at, at uh, I think, 1 o'clock. And then uh, the game's at 5. We'll eat dinner and come back, and we'll have some good film tonight. And then you play pretty early tomorrow, 1.30. Yeah, and if it is if it is Kansas State, I mean, you just played them. Does that help with the scout? Well, it's a fresh scout for sure. I think you've got a whole lot more, uh, you know, recent familiarity with them than you do, say, a Tech, who you played, I think, eight games ago. So, um, you know, whoever it is, we know we're going to get a team that's hungry to beat Texas like we do with everybody and uh, we'll have to play really well that first night's game you're going to play somebody that's got an advantage in that they've already played on that court shot on those rims and uh, that's always an advantage and um, so we'll, we'll have to be ready to go I'll let you go back to your bowl of cereal I appreciate the time all right praise the Lord and hook of horns uh, so there was a conversation with Vic Schaefer and he did go back to his bowl of cereal uh, afterwards and um, they play, you heard Vic talk about, they, uh, their itinerary today uh, calls for uh, following uh, their breakfast. They have a study hall, and uh, then they'll go over to Municipal Auditorium, and they have, I'm looking at 25, they actually have 45 minutes on the floor to, uh, to shoot to, at Municipal Auditorium today. And um, 
it says it, it says on their itinerary walk back to hotel, and the reason why is because the hotel uh, where both teams are staying, both the men and women, where where a lot of us are staying, in fact, is uh, Lowe's Hotel downtown, and it has it is connected by Skybridge, indoor Skybridge, where they can walk from the hotel straight over to uh, to Municipal Auditorium. It's a oh, five-minute walk, six-minute walk, something like that, if that, uh, walking uh, uh, indoors and that sort of thing. So then they, they, they'll walk over, uh, walk back to the hotel, and um, uh, so after they have their practice, then they have, they have the practice first, and then they have the walkthrough uh, there at inside the arena just to get used to the rims. Uh, then, as it's, as you heard him say, they were going to watch probably the first half of this eight versus nine game. I am kind of curious to see what they do about watching that game, and and I won't be here to do that because I'll be getting ready and and in fact on the air uh, to get ready for the Texas Texas the, the uh, Texas uh, Oklahoma State men's game uh, at about that same time. But the reason why I say this is. The the two women's games tonight are uh, the, starting at five, five and at seven are both ESPN Plus games. I don't know, maybe they get set up with a hotel or something uh, with with regard to that. But uh, they'll they'll have it brought in a gathering place somewhere and they'll watch the first half of that eight versus nine matchup. And the reason why I ask Vic if it's uh, do you, do you have a, a fresh scout on that uh, is because they just played Kansas State last Saturday in Manhattan when they won 80-52. to 52. They played, they've already played Texas Tech twice, so it's not as if they don't know them. Uh, but it's been, uh, I think, six, seven games since they played uh, the Lady Raiders, so um, it'll kind of provide their coaches a, a fresher look at them. And you know how it is, uh, when you get to these tournaments, the conference the uh, the uh, conference tournaments are set up to where, uh, obviously, the, the fans are there, they have media there, and then they have some seats set up down around the baseline area for assistant coaches or even head coaches if, they, if they're the ones doing it as uh, to be able to scout their opponents. So they sit down there last night during the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, and I did go over to uh, T-Mobile Center, and uh, along with Eddie Orn and our producer, David Garrett, we sat down and uh, we got there and watched the second half of the West Virginia-Texas Tech game, and then uh, all of the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, since the Longhorns are, were due to face the winner of that matchup. And I looked down uh, the row, and they've even changed the, the uh, media setup this year for the Big 12 Conference Tournament. The radio... Uh, broadcaster still on the floor. The rest of the media are, are moved upstairs to, they say, a press box. It's kind of a hockey box in uh, some of these uh, newer age arenas. And I look down, so the only seating on the floor that isn't fan seating behind us is for the radio broadcast, the television uh, personnel, and then the scouts. So I looked down there and I saw Steve McLean and Brandon Chappelle from Roddy Terry's staff. Uh, They're scouting. They came over and said hi, and we visited with them a little bit as well. One other note on the women before we move to uh, the men's tournament. Uh, this this just came down. You know, we were talking about yesterday about Rodney Terry re- earning the Sporting News National Collegiate Coach of the Year honor. That was uh, quite an honor for uh, Rodney, and he said he was pretty humbled by it. But he gives it to said he gives it to all of his staff and his players as well. Vic Schaefer this morning was named one of ten 
semifinalists for the Naismith Women's College Coach of the Year Award that's sponsored by Warner Ladders. So um, he is, he was the Naismith National Coach of the Year in 2018, as well as the WBCA National Coach of the Year and the USBWA National Coach of the Year when he got Mississippi State to the National Championship game that year. So he's a semifinalist, along with Lisa Bluter of Iowa, Kenny Brooks of Virginia Tech, Denise Dillon of Illinova, uh, Niall Ivey uh, of Notre Dame, Terry Morin of Indiana, Kim Mulkey at LSU, Lynn Roberts at Utah, Don Staley at South Carolina, and Joe Tartamella at St. John. So there's your uh, semifinalist for the uh, Women's National Coach of the Year. And again, Texas will play tomorrow afternoon at 1.30 against the winner of this evening's game between Texas Tech and Kansas State. Tech the 8 seed, K-State the 9 seed. They play at 5 o'clock this afternoon. The winner of that game will play Texas tomorrow at 1.30, which you'll be able to hear on 105.3 The Bat. Now, on to the men. Uh, the Longhorns now know their opponent. It's it's going to be Oklahoma State. The Cowboys kind of kept Oklahoma at arm's length. They trailed early like 7-4, to four, and I think Oklahoma went through an eight-minute stretch where they scored one point, I think, from the foul line, and Oklahoma State uh, rattled off, I believe, 14 unanswered. And then the Cowboys just kind of kept them at arm's length. Oklahoma made a couple of runs and got within striking distance but couldn't get over the hump, and uh, the Cowboys won that one. So uh, it is Texas against Oklahoma State. That is at uh, 6 o'clock uh, this evening. And, uh, and and the other matchup, West Virginia against Texas Tech. West Virginia just uh, pretty much carved up Texas Tech, especially in the second half. They won by 16, 78, 62. I had somebody ask me, did you, did you think that Tech just kind of looked listless, not having Mark Adams, their suspended head coach who has now resigned? And I said they, did, they didn't seem to have a lot of energy on the floor, put it that way. And West Virginia took full advantage of it and and beat them. So Texas Tech season, uh, put it this way, if, if they play in a postseason tournament, obviously it won't be the NCAA, and it's a 500 team. I don't know that they'd receive an invite, but they might. Uh, but given the uncertain status of the program right now with Mark Adams having uh, resigned, I don't know that that they'll elect to play in a postseason event if invited, whether it be the NIT or the uh, or uh, the CBI. And West Virginia now takes on Kansas, and the word came down this morning that Bill Self is not going to be on the KU bench today. Dealing with an illness is the way it's described. So Bill Self will not be there. Norm Roberts will run the team, the top seed Kansas, playing uh, at uh, about 2 o'clock this afternoon against West Virginia. The first game gets underway uh, a little over an hour from now. Baylor and Iowa State, the four versus five matchup. And uh, that contest will uh, uh, tip off just past 1130. Now, Longhorn's head coach, uh, interim head coach, Rodney Terry, uh, had his team on the floor yesterday. And uh, they were uh, getting ready for this matchup. And, and, of course, at the time, they didn't know it would be Oklahoma State. So it was before the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game again. But in a uh, media availability, and you'll hear a reporter's follow-up question to Rodney uh, about the adversity because a lot and, – and I think this has to do a lot with when you – about Rodney winning the Sporting News National Coach of the Year, the adversity this team overcame to uh, earn the number two seed and probably a number two national seed. A win tonight, I think, would, would – pretty much cement that, lock that in. And uh, overcoming adversity, a big, big part of it. And uh, there's going to be a reporter's question in here about how it shaped 
Rodney in his head coaching style, and of course he'd been a head coach at Fresno State and UTEP, but how this particular set of challenges and, and adversity uh, really helped the team. But it started off the way so many of Rodney Terry's conversations do, and that's all about the strength of the Big 12. Well, the Big 12, I, I think for everybody, I can't speak for all the coaches in the league, but every night you had to bring your A game. I mean, there, was, there, was, there wasn't one night where you came in and you, 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 you couldn't be not prepared or not ready to play. Uh, you had to have your A game every single night, and I think uh, – you know, being on you know being on the edge every night, I think really bodes well for a lot of us in postseason play. With everything happening uh, throughout the season for this team, how's that helped shape you as a coach? Well, you know, I think uh, this has been a very uh, very resilient group, a group that's really you know persevered through some adversity throughout the course of the year, and they just stayed the course, you know, and. Uh, I know for myself, you know, and having a chance to be head coach again, I was going to have a different demeanor uh, and how I wanted to work with guys moving forward. And uh, having that experience and having had a chance to st take a step back a year and, and uh, put a lot of things in perspective, you know, I've really enjoyed this journey and enjoyed coaching this group. Yeah, and, uh, and now he gets the next opportunity to uh, coach this group tonight. Uh, Six o'clock tip-off. Uh, we'll be on the air at 5.30. On the horn with a tip-off at 6, Texas in action against Oklahoma State. And that's the first game of the evening session. And then there's the second game of the evening session, which is Kansas State and TCU. And uh, that has drawn some attention and some headlines, more so than the normal three versus six uh, matchup might do, simply because of the news that came down yesterday evening, I believe it was, when um, – it was announced that uh, Eddie Lampkin uh, would be stepping away from the basketball program at TCU and did not accompany the team to Kansas City. So uh, there's there's plenty of drama, you might say, going on uh, with uh, you know now Bill Self un unable to to uh, coach today, Mark Adams stepping down uh, after that suspension. And, uh, and then Eddie Lampkin, uh, the big TCU center, deciding that he wanted uh, to step away from the program and there were whispers and some rumblings of the possible uh, uh, unfair treatment uh, of him by head coach Jamie Dixon, who's had some comments uh, back about it as well. But he will not be on the floor for TCU when they play the late game. And, boy, the arena will be awash in purple tonight when K-State plays TCU. That's scheduled for an 8.30 tip-off. Now, one other note uh, about the Longhorns. Uh, we, we heard from Rodney Terry. Another guy who's had to overcome his own adversity has been Tyrese Hunter. The Iowa State transfer uh, came in and uh, certainly was uh, uh, the preseason newcomer of the year in the Big 12 and uh, went through some struggles, went through some injury as well. Had to fight through a lot of that, but has been playing better of late. Has had some very sound games. So, Tyrese was uh, talking about how he's able to overcome that. He was asked, you know, w with what you've been through this year and what this team has been through, uh, what with the um, the firing of Chris Beard and Rodney Terry taking over and uh, you going through your own hardships as well and folks wondering what in the world is wrong with Tyrese Hunter, how did you be able to uh, navigate all of that and push through to get to be ready for this postseason? 
I think uh, just be myself. Um, you know, I started the year off, you know, pretty hot going and I hit adversity, um, you know, going through injuries, battling through that. And, you know, I kind of accepted a role of, you know, I could do whatever, go out there to help my team win. And I kind of, you know, let the scoring, you know, die down a little bit and kind of do all the other things. And, you know, it was just a lot of injuries and stuff that was battling on me. And then, you know, once I shake that, you can see the last four games, you know, getting back to myself and just being me, being aggressive, you know, that dog on defense, you know, I portrayed to be out there. I mean, I think I've been through so, stuff, so much stuff in my life. I didn't let it shake me. I know how it'll pass, whether it passed today, next week, it'll, it'll pass sometimes. So, you know, I see all the people talking. Uh, Tyrese this, he's down. You know, he's not being the person we expect him to be. But, you know, just getting back to myself feel good. And, and that's probably a very healthy attitude to take into it because how many times do we, we hear coaches talk about their teams having to block out the outside noise? Vic Schaefer just said a few minutes ago in the conversation we had with him, you know, how you block out the noise from outside and get ready for the task at hand. And that's to play winning basketball at this time of year, the most important uh, and rewarding time of year. So hopefully that is where we see Tyrese Hunter at his best. And, and he's been trending upward of late. So hope we'll, we'll continue to see that. All right. Coming up, uh, Jeff Howell join us. We will have our Longhorn Notebook. So we'll we'll do that, and there's plenty of football to discuss as well. We've got some football sound to get to. We do have Inconceivable today as we continue with Light the Tower. Jeff will join us in studio. Craig Way with you up here in downtown Kansas City, site of the Big 12 Men's and Women's Basketball Championships. And we'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Light the tower. Rolling me back to uh, my high school days from the uh, the big hit off the their debut album, Left Overture. That's Kansas. Carry on, my wayward son. Carry on, wayward son. Um, they were a big thing. They were big doings. You know, our producer, Cameron Parker, is kind of an old soul, even though he's dialed into the current music scene very much as well. But you're kind of an old soul. You, you, you've you got some familiarity with Kansas, right? Oh, yeah. I, I grew up listening to Kansas through my, my dad. And so I yeah. definitely grew up listening to classic rock. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and um, and you can hear that uh, kind of uh, offering, by the way, on 105.3 The Bat, uh, your classic rock of the 70s and 80s, uh, where you'll hear also the Texas women's basketball game tomorrow in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Of course, here on the Horn, you'll hear the men's uh, tournament quarterfinal game between uh, Texas and Oklahoma State this evening at 6 o'clock. Of course, Cam bouncing back with Kansas. We're in Kansas. We're actually on the Missouri side of uh, the Missouri River, which separates the two uh, cities of Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas here. And, um, you know, most of the, the major metropolitan things here are on the Missouri side of the river. 
there is Kansas City, Kansas over there, but uh, it's a lot where the stockyards are and a lot of the other things as well. But uh, a lot of the other uh, the industrial and entertainment things are on the Missouri side. Now, yesterday when the uh, charter flight landed with the women's basketball team and we all got on the bus to come into town, the there's they landed a downtown airport, not the big uh, KCI or it's the airport code is MCI, but it's KCI, uh, Kansas City International Airport, and it's way the heck up north of town. I used to tell people it's in St. Joe's practically uh, there, Missouri. It's way up north, but that's where the commercial flights go in. The charter planes all land at the uh, downtown airport here, and it's just a few minutes normally. Normally, it's just a few minutes away from downtown Kansas City proper and the team hotels and the arenas and that sort of thing. Uh, but they've got it like so many other cities. They've got construction things going on. So the one bridge from that downtown airport on, I think the street is Broadway, that goes on in, that crosses the river and goes on into town is uh, under construction right now. So the bus driver, uh, we get on the bus and the bus driver is taking us out. And I thought, why are we going north? We're not going the way into downtown. And I heard Blair Schaefer, Vic Schaefer's daughter, of course, is on the coaching staff say, oh, we're, we're just a few minutes away. And she said, well, it's going to take a little longer than that, the bus driver said, because of construction. We wind up winding around to the west, crossing into Kansas City, Kansas, and then back across the river, back in the town, look a little further at that. But it made me think about that with bumping back with Kansas. Right now, it's time to bump forward with our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And Jeff will be along shortly. I think he'll have a tale to tell us about uh, a very temperamental water heater. So I'll, I'll, I'll let him uh, uh, hand you the details of that when he arrives. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. You're a home loan expert. You're Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if she could do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is the person who can get that, that make that 10-day home loan approval a guarantee and a reality. Check her out at bowersockteam.com. All right, uh, before we get to the football, one other basketball note. Uh, congratulations as well to University of Texas uh, senior uh, associate executive senior associate athletics director, the chief of staff, and the senior women's administrator at UT, Chris Plonsky, who has been named the WBCA administrator of the year. That's from the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and uh, she's now in her 35th year with intercollegiate athletics in Texas. And she's been the chief of staff and executive senior athletics director since 2018, former UT women's athletics director as well. And uh, so uh, congratulations to uh, Chris Plonsky, who was named the uh, uh, WBCA Administrator of the Year. So congrats to uh, CP on that. And, uh, uh, again, uh, one of the uh, pioneers, you might say, in in this business for women's athletics. Okay, now before we get to uh, the football sound from that, and uh, uh, I'll let my co-host – uh, or Cam, whichever one uh, wanted to set that up. But um, he may have a story for us. He is, after all, the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School, although he's toiling down in uh, Hayes County these days. Uh, but even though he was known as uh, Highway 79 when he wore the purple and white for the Florence Buffaloes back in the day, you know him best 
for his outstanding work at Orange 24-7. And maybe those who deal with faulty hot water heaters will get to know him even better. That's Jeff Howe. Am I right about that? You know, this morning, when I first woke up early on, uh, I did I did some dishes and, and you know, made my daughter's yeah. lunch like I do every day. And, you know, the wife took a shower. And, and everybody, you know, had hot water. And then it got time for me to take a shower. And I had, I, I mean, I was like, okay, maybe I just need to give it a minute. And I waited and waited and waited and no hot water and i go check the water heater and i'm like well you know the drain pans got water in it and i hear it working but it's not working and so i was like yeah i need to need to get somebody over here and look it out so i'm prepared uh, check it out i'm prepared for some bad news here in the next Uh, few hours one way or the other either it's a repair or the dreaded replacement replacement yeah yeah uh, oh, well. You ever you ever gotten into the shower, Craig, thinking that it's hot, expecting it to be hot, and then you just get that blast of cold water? How about uh, a week or so ago, a hotel on the road? Yeah. And it was like, this is a hotel. You've run I'm into that. I'm not supposed to have cold water. You've run into that a few times this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it always seems to happen. Fortunately, the, the, uh, the showers work very well here at the Lowe's in downtown Kansas City. Um, well, uh, sorry to hear about that. That's uh, that's a difficult. And there are people that have worse to... issues in this world. So that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so we're to you and your portion of the notebook here. And I know we got some football sound, and and Cam has it set up to call for it unless you want to uh, lead into some of this. No, no, no. This is uh, this is good. So I'll let Cam take it away because I honestly don't know what our esteemed producer uh, has planned here. I know. I was at the availability yesterday with Jalen Ford and Christian Jones. Uh, I've actually got some notes. If you go to Hornets 24-7, I've got some notes on some of the stuff uh, Christian Jones talked about. His first impressions of Arch Manning, uh, talking about why he made the decision to return. He's really high on the young talent on offense, period, uh, which, you know, he was asked. He got asked. He's, it was like the question was, hey, you guys lost a lot of talent, and he – was just had a quicker tour. He's like, I'm telling you, we gained a lot of talent too. And he talked highly of CJ Baxter and a few other guys, DJ Campbell, who's thrust into the starting lineup now because uh, Cole Hudson's recovering from shoulder surgery. Uh, but talked about that. Like I said, his decision to return, just molding those big humans up front. I mean, I, I went down the the list yesterday, Craig, just looking at how many guys on this roster. I think there's eight guys on this, eight or nine guys on this roster that are three that are over 330 pounds. And wow. you've got three true freshmen, uh, you know, Andre Kojo's at 358. you got Connor Stroh at 365, and then Peyton Kirkland at 367. So, like Kyle Flood and Sark were talking about they wanted big humans. They were not lying. Yeah, I had no question about it. All right, so, uh, Cam, lead us through this, uh, uh, the defense and the offense. I know you've got some sound here to set up for us. Yeah, pretty sure we're going to hear what Jeff just talked about, but Sound bites from both Jalen Ford and Christian Jones, and some good stuff from Jalen Ford. Uh, Jeff, you were there, so you'll hear all of this stuff a second time. But he was asked, I believe, just about returning right back back to the back to the Forty Acres after you know third team All America and, and a first team Big Twelve. I think this was my question actually. Uh, kind of just uh, just wanted to leave on a good note, you know. Just like I feel like you know when I got here, you know, I think everyone like when you go to a school, you dream of like you know just. You know, winning championships is just um, kind of just, you know, Big 12, stuff like that. And I just feel like um, with this team, like what I've seen and, you know, how I've uh, seen, like how we've just um, become together, um, I just think there's so much that uh, that we can tap into. And um, I think one year 
Um, I'm just really excited to see what we do this year. Actually, that was a Danny Davis question. Okay. okay. I asked something something similar a few questions later. Because all you reporters ask the same question. You just ch- change out a word or two, right? Pretty much, yeah. That's yeah, what we do. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, an, we're an unoriginal group. No, but it, you just parrot one another. I get it. You know, I, when he talked <laughs> about, when he talked about going, leaving on a high note, I know he talked about championships, but there's I, I don't there's no way he was happy with that Alamo Bowl performance either. And that's not to say that. You know, if he'd have had 13 tackles and four or five for a loss and, you know, accounted for a defensive touchdown in the Alamo Bowl that he was for sure gone. But, uh, you know, I, I did ask him later on about the negatives and the positives, and he went into that. And he said when he made the decision to come back, all the scouts that he talked to and the people that he talked to throughout the process told him, yeah, you made the right decision. So he felt like at the end of the day he, he did make the right decision. Yeah. He was asked next about, I believe he's being more of a leader. Uh, a certain voice is no longer – on the 40 acres to Marvin Overshow, and he actually talks about that in our next soundbite. But he was asked more about stepping up and, and being the heart and soul of this Texas defense. There's a lot of things that, you know, I've watched, you know, I watched, I went back and watched all the games, um, and there was just things that if we just practice them now, um, when we get to the game, you know, it won't be a problem, and maybe those outcomes will be different. So uh, just things like that. There's a lot of things. And then going back to the Marvin Overshone, no longer on the 40 acres, he, he was a big part of that Texas defense. Jeff and Craig, you know that. So life after DeMarvin Overshone, this is what Jalen Ford had to say. I think without Demo, um, there's just some guys. Now, there's just not only me, but there's some guys that got to step up. You know, we had like, uh, we got Jet, um, Jet Bush, uh, David Bender, those guys. Um, you know, they're right there with me. They've been here since I've been here. So um, they've been they've been trying to, you know, take that leadership role too. It's not just one one person trying to carry the load. Um, and I think the young guys, um, they're coming in and they're just buying into the culture we set um, as far as the linebackers. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to see how those guys um, develop and how they improve and just learn from us. And one of those guys yeah, that – Yeah, those are those are two names uh, that have been around a while, Jeff. Uh, Jet Bush and David Benda. Yeah, Jet Bush, it seems like every spring he's changing positions. He is still at linebacker, though, so, you know, that's good. They moved him off the ball, but uh, – yeah, you know, David Benda's going to get a chance to, to see what he can do. But the two young guys that keep getting talked about, Anthony Hill, and I'm telling you, Leonga LaFowle has come in, and from everything we've heard at Horns 24-7, he's, he's been every bit as good, uh, if not better in some respects, than Anthony Hill just for, in terms of making a first impression on the staff. So they really feel like Pete Kwiatkowski, Jeff Choate, all indications are they feel like they hit two grand slams recruiting off-ball linebackers, and they still got a few that are still going to come in uh, in the summer. So th- this was a really pivotal, that 2023 cycle, it's a pivotal year for a lot of positions, but and that's why I asked Sark about it back in December. They really needed to get off-ball linebacker right because the crop was really good in state. They had to go to Hawaii to get Liam LaFowle, but they, they really feel like they hit two grand slams with those guys that are on campus right now. And one of those guys, Cam. Anthony Hill. And we'll hear from Jalen Ford on Anthony Hill now. Uh, Anthony's good. He's just he's good. He just flies around to the ball. Um, you know, like today was our big thing was just effort. And so, um, you know, we know you're going to make mistakes. Um, but as long as you run to the ball, um, you can't coach effort, but you can coach mistakes, you know. So that was the big thing. And um, he definitely showed that today. Um, same with the other guys. Leona was out there. Um, he's a fast learner. Um, so just all the guys being able to see them. Um, just kind of is like it kind of like reminisce like you know I remember when I was in that position and so and just for them like uh, it's kind of like I'm realizing like they kind of look up to me or like they want to you know 
take take notes from me or whatever. So it's just like it's pretty cool. That's that deal, Craig. You hear a lot of guys talk about it when you know they're kind of the young guy, and then all of a sudden it's like you know you're looking up to the older guy in the room, and then you're like, wait a minute, I am the old guy now. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of process Jalen Ford's going through. When you hear him say things like uh, it, it, some of that, some of those coach speak phrases like "you can coach mistakes, but you can't coach effort," you know that kind of thing. Uh, it's like there's a guy who's matured. That's a guy who's moved along and and gone up. So yeah, I I, I can hear it in him. I can hear it in his voice. Yeah, and I you know uh, is that is that all we got from Jalen Ford? We have got Christian. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I asked him about the kind of the next step the defense needs to take, and then we can get into that maybe tomorrow. But um, I guess depending on what the schedule looks like down on the 40. But, yeah, I mean, talking about what steps the defense needs to take, and he talked about just being in tune with, with PK scheme. That's that's critical, Craig, because you got, you got guys now that are going into their third year in this defense with Jalen Ford, Fondre Sweat's one of those guys, uh, Jaron Thompson's one of those guys. And it really, um, that's the product I want to see once we get to September second against Rice. Is does this look like a defense that now those guys are extensions of their position coaches and coordinators, where you see a defense that really, really grasps why they're doing things and can take this thing to the next level after a really, really good year on that side of the ball in uh, in twenty two. True enough, um, uh, Cam. I'll tell you what. Let's hold off on the uh, Christian Jones sound because uh, it. it that's that's it for uh, Jalen Ford, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's let's do the Christian Jones uh, sound coming up next hour. We need a break. When we come back, we're going to have inconceivable, and then uh, when we get on into hour number two, we'll uh, hear more from Longhorn players. We'll hear from Christian Jones on the offensive side. Uh, inconceivable is up next as we continue to light the tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, here we go with uh, inconceivable. And uh, there's a, a couple of things that we that we can get to. Uh, first of all, uh, there were a couple items that uh, my dear wife sent to me. One of those uh, has to do with Jeopardy. And um, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you should go on Jeopardy. You should go on Jeopardy. Look, there's a lot on Jeopardy that I would not know and don't know. So. Potpourri? How would you do in potpourri, Craig? Yeah, see, you know, uh, always makes me think of that, the the takeoff on Saturday Night Live when when, uh, Daryl Hammond is doing Sean Connery. And uh, and there's Will Ferrell, you know, as as Alex Trebek. Categories are, and, and they name like 30 categories. You know, there's, there's not like eight. There's like, and uh, the pen is mightier. I'll take the penis mightier. Like, no, no, that is the pen is mightier. Anal, anal bum cover. Yeah, anal bum cover. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. So that's an album cover. <laughs> yes. Huh. Uh, so. I'll take the rapists. No, that's <laughs> therapists. So, uh, but um, they did have kind of a mistake on Jeopardy. Uh, you know, Maya Bialik, the host, and they had a high school reunion tournament. And um, she was congratulating them, wishing them good luck, opening show, opening moment of the show. And they had an oopsie moment where their final totals for final Jeopardy were posted. They'd already done it. 
In other words, they were reshooting, I guess, the first part of the deal. So Jackson Jones was the winner with $24,000, and then they showed Justin Bolson's $13,570 and Maya Wright's $3,370 remained on the screen for several seconds, and they were indeed their totals in the end. So um, they did not – they couldn't give away the ultimate result – of it because it's a two-game match with the highest combined score determining the winner. The second game scheduled to air today, so that was the uh, that was the case that happened there. So it was the dreaded glitch segment that that happened. With what that. was uh, what was the final Jeopardy category? You know, I did not see what it. They didn't show what the final Jeopardy category you know, the, was. There's that one one of those SNL bits was the final Jeopardy is the Federalist Papers. I'm sorry, that's for real Jeopardy later. Your yeah, category right. is horses. 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 What was it? He said numbers. Make a number. It can do. It can be any number at all. <laughs> any number at all. And then it was. Uh, what was his name? They. Uh, it was Jimmy Fallon doing. As, as uh, French, French Stewart did. Yeah. Thrive. Doing thrive. Thrive. <laughs> You're a complete idiot. Was that when he had the bid that was Texas with a dollar sign? Yeah, Texas with a dollar sign. That's right. That's it. That's right. So, uh, I did not see what the final Jeopardy category was on that. Um, all right. Th- this is one that would make me think that this happened in Florida. And, of course, tomorrow is on, on Friday. And, and I won't be able to be here for Inconceivable tomorrow because I'll have to be over at Municipal Auditorium setting up the equipment for that uh, 130 tip-off for the women's uh, game. So I let you carry that forward tomorrow, Jeff, Florida well, it, Friday. Depending on what's going on on, on the 40 acres, well, it, might, it might be Cameron, so I don't know. Yeah. I won't be here. Uh, that's right. Cam's doing softball. <laughs> well, we could be in for an interesting Friday tomorrow. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, about that tomorrow. But anyway, uh, tomorrow would normally be a Florida Friday when what happens, Jeff? We go to the most flaccid state on the map. Right. Grab that low-hanging fruit. Okay. So this is kind of what would be classified as low-hanging fruit. But it's not from Florida. It's from Illinois. Um, The headline reads as following. I'm just going to read you the headline first and then give you the details. The headline is, Woman Finds Husband's Body while getting Christmas decorations from a closet eight months after he went missing. Think Say that, that again? Me. Yeah, yeah. Woman finds husband's body while getting Christmas decorations from a closet eight months after he went missing. Literally so, and figuratively, this one don't pass the smell test. Yeah, well, here's what happened. Police searched an Illinois home twice for signs of Richard Madge, age 53, after he disappeared in April of 2022, last April. Eight months later, his wife discovered his body while looking for Christmas ornaments. He was reported missing last April, found dead eight months later in a hideaway closet in their home. I'll say hideaway. Uh, According to a Fox affiliate up there, Madison County Coroner's Office confirmed last week that he had died, and here's your hook, by suicide. Oh, now, no. Now, the outlet reported that he had disappeared on April 27th last year, 
at, after Richard Madge called his wife Jennifer to tell her he was leaving work early. Well, she couldn't find or contact him after she returned to their house in Troy, Illinois. His car was parked outside. Couldn't find him anywhere. Uh, still couldn't get in contact with him. So police showed up and did a, a, a search of the home. Didn't find anything. Then later on, a second search was conducted at the home after Jennifer complained of a smell. Searched again. Found nothing. So life moves on. Husband, she assumes, left her without a trace. So she's got to get ready for the holidays. December 11th, she's putting up the Christmas tree, lights, getting everything, and she's like, I'm looking for those Christmas decorations. Oh, wait, I know where those are. They're in a storage area behind a closed cupboard underneath a staircase in the home. Picture Harry Potter's living arrangements when he was a little kid, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So she told the Belleville News Democrat that's where she found her husband's body eight months after he was last seen. She said, and I quote, I decided to put the Christmas tree up and I was looking for a tote of Christmas ornaments. And that's when I discovered him, she said. He did, had committed suicide. Did she not think to look in the hideaway closet? Like, if or or a, the police made two searches. Yeah, if you have a loved one missing, like you, that, you leave no stone unturned. Like you just, you know, like hey, maybe I don't know, getting something in here and pass hit their head and passed out. I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, a report from the Madison County Coroner, Steve Non, released yesterday, confirmed that Richard Madge indeed died by suicide. Uh, no evidence of foul play was found during the autopsy. Uh, Kelly Rogers, who is the county's chief deputy coroner, and maybe this will give you a little more insight into the woman and the type of condition they were in, told the television station that police noticed a sewer-like smell inside the residence, which they described as a hoarder home. So uh, she huh. said the body was in a mummified state, explaining that it might not have a strong odor, which could be why it took so long to find it. And the family had held a funeral for him in January. She said she understands why police missed his body, because they wouldn't have known about the hidden closet and that the smell wasn't overpowering. That wasn't bad. Like, you know, was this like was one of those hoarder homes where there's just like cat duke all over the place or what? Well, like I said, they described it like a hoarder home. And so, in other words, if if a guy decides he's had enough, maybe he didn't like living in a hoarder home anymore. Whatever the situation Man. was, takes his own life in the hidden Harry Potter closet underneath the stairwell. Do you realize how bad your home has to stink for a dead body not to be overpowering? That's my point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he was in a mummified state, it said. So, yeah. Doesn't that sound like something will happen in Florida, though? It, it, that sounds like something you'd find happening in Florida. But it happened in Illinois. So, there you go. That's, That's wild, why, man. Yeah. It's inconceivable. Uh, we have the second hour of the program coming. We're going to hear from Christian Jones, more football uh, notes from Jeff. 
Uh, more on the uh, basketball tournaments here in Kansas City. First game on the men's side today is going to tip off in about a half an hour. In fact, uh, a little bit under a half an hour from now. And uh, that's uh, Baylor and Iowa State. So a lot more to come. Stay with us here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local and digital, the Horn app and at hornfm.com. 